All righty, friends. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Let's go ahead and begin. I'm going to invite the chime to sing, and then we'll set an intention for our practice today. Welcome, everyone. This is Recovery Dharma. My name is Julia. I'm one of the facilitators in the Spokane Sangha. It is such a delight to be here today, practicing with you all. And today we're just going to set the intention for our practice with this little painted piece I made. And on the backs, I write sentiments of loving kindness, little tokens of mindfulness to encourage me. This one reads, may you have thoughts that encourage. May you have thoughts that encourage. Friends, as we settle in, as we fully arrive to this practice, Today we're going to spend some time exploring the theme for the month of January, which is Sati, mindfulness. And for our mindfulness practice, we are referring to the Satipatthana Sutra, which is the discourse on mindfulness describing the four foundations, the four anchor points, focal points of mindfulness. If you are unfamiliar with what those are, very simply stated, it begins at the level of the body. It moves to the sensations of the body, including emotions. The third foundation is thought and mind. And the fourth foundation, excuse me, is mental formation, stories. We have been exploring the first foundation of mindfulness, the body, because there are six places to bring our attention and our concentration to the body. The first is the breath. <clears throat> the second place in the body is the posture. The third place in the body is something called clear comprehension. The fourth is really jumping into various body parts. The fifth is something called the four elements. Many of you may know the four elements as earth, air, fire, and water. And in Buddhism, they have different words. For earth, it is solidity. For air, it's called mobility. For fire, it's called temperature. And for water, it's called fluidity. 
And the sixth body practice, the sixth body place of attention is something called the cemetery practices. And these are the contemplations on death and dying. Today, we're going to focus on clear comprehension in the body. To begin this, we breathe. And there's no need to breathe in any particular way. A simple awareness of the breath. Breathing in, breathing out. When you feel comfortable with the breath, allow your attention to focus on your posture. And when your judgments arise, get curious about them. Would you look at that? One of the judgments we have about our posture is, oh, I'm so slouchy. Oh, I'm not strong. Oh, my breath is so shallow. My mind is wandering. I'm not doing this right. All of which might be true. None of which is the whole truth. So smile at yourself for being so aware of what's arising in the mind and in the body. Come back to the breath. Notice the posture again and see if you can move the body such that your posture takes on a degree of nobility. Soft belly, strong back. Sit a little bit taller. Roll your shoulders back, open that heart space. And then the third practice, clear comprehension, is pay attention to where your attention is going in the body. And just be there. For me, my attention is in my neck. My neck is really tight and I am inclined to gently bend my neck side to side and when I do I'm acutely aware of the tightness, the sensation of tightness I feel in those muscles. And so I'm just going to concentrate there and breathe. Breathe with a little intentionality for my neck and maybe even add some words of encouragement to bring to life the intention that we set at the beginning of our practice. May you have thoughts that encourage. So instead of 
telling myself, ooh, ow, ow, ooh, my neck is so tight. I need to relax. Again, true. And maybe taking on a more encouraging tone. Julia, darling. Breathe into your neck. Allow that place of resistance holding in the neck to relax a little bit. Allow your practice the spirit of equanimity and allow your attention to wander, noticing places that are tight, noticing places that are relaxed, breathing, staying in a noble posture, and giving areas of the body that need some attention, need some awareness, some encouraging thought, using the breath, breathing in, breathing out. And for the next few moments, let's go ahead in the beauty of silence and practice this together.
friends. The motivation to understand the body and to pay attention, mindfully cultivating attention with the body, is so that we become better anchored, more solid, more grounded and connected to the earth when we encounter the whimsy and the fluidity of the emotions, the thoughts and stories. Many of us have a propensity to treat the mind, the emotions and stories as something that we can tame by keeping it on a short leash, often yanking the mind back into compliance. When the mind wanders, we're like, nope, come back here, breathe. And we have a bit of a a militant, there's a bit of aggression to it. And that's one way of approaching the mind, the emotions, the stories. There's another way, and that is with a little bit more gentility and a whole lot more curiosity. And the image that I really like to play with is me, my body, and I'm holding my emotions, my thoughts, and my stories like a kite floating around in the conditions of my life. I live on a prairie and the winds are are lovely out there and so we fly a lot of kites and I love kites. And it's extraordinary how when there's a, a real connection and all the conditions are right, the strength that is required to hold that kite, it's on a leash in a way, and it requires some strength. And then something will happen, a temperature shift, a wind shift, and the kite will dip and dive and spin. But I, in my, in my solidity, as an anchor in my body, am responding to it. I don't have to be rigid. I don't have to be unmoving. Sometimes I have to move. I bend. I rein in the string a little bit. I move. I run. I mention all of this so you have an idea in your mind that to work with the body isn't always a fixed state and to give yourself permission to be a little bit more fluid, a little bit more mobile. And in the process of that, stay curious, spacious, open, gentle, and encouraging.
in doing so, friends, your practice may find a little more ease and joy. Um, one final note about the encouragement and the positivity uh, and the tone of this particular sangha. There's something about it that always, uh, I think gr it, it stirs up a little bit of grief in me when I hear that that's unique. It's it's complimentary and it's beautiful and I thank you for the for the for the awareness of it and it makes me sad that there isn't more of a positive tone uh, around recovery around everything and so I just want to share with you from a, a just a very personal thing see I'm so this is an anniversary time for me and. Um, And my daughter was dying for, when she was four from a terrible cancer. And it really put my practice into a very hyperdrive focus because life said, oh, you want to be a practitioner? Here it is. You're going to have to uh, watch your daughter die and you're going to have to witness that. And <clears throat> at that time, I was witnessing a lot of children dying and was going to funerals and bearing witness to families. And it was terrible. It's just it terrible. Um, but I got a second chance. And my daughter survived. And that was 16 years ago. And every day of her life is precious. Every day of her life is unpromised. And that taught me so, so acutely, so aware. It's, it's, it is everything I breathe, which is the first noble truth in Buddhism, that life is precious. And so, friends, I share this with you as our dedication of merit today, because you being here, stepping on, onto the path of recovery, recovering your true self, recovering your Buddha nature, looking at habit energy that brings you closer to death unnecessarily and the fact that you're on this journey to recover so that you can live. Well, we honor our beloved dead best by learning to better live. That's the mantra that came to me. We honor Liz's dad who died recently best by learning to better live. We honor all the children who've died. We honor their parents. We honor everybody who is still 
in active addiction, people who are unhoused and freezing, people who are using substances because they are unhoused and freezing, people who are in jails and in hospitals, all the ways we kill the beauty of our lives, all the ways we limit the wonder and preciousness of life. May we recover our sanity. May we recover our sensibility. May we recover our bodhicitta and learn to better live for the benefit of all sentient beings. This is why we are practicing our awareness of suffering so that we can be instruments of peace and healing. And you certainly are for me. See you tomorrow, friends. Namaste.